This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. like to talk about one of my favorite jazz trumpet players from the 1940s, 50s, into the 1960s. His name is McKinley Dorham, better known as Kenny Dorham, or sometimes just referred to as KD. He was a stupendous trumpet player, incredibly creative, a wonderful sense of harmony, better than most trumpet players of his generation. Um, He was also a composer, an arranger, and he played on dozens and dozens of important records from the mid-1940s through the um, latter part of the 1960s. He was born in Texas, and early on in his career, he uh, was split between becoming a musician and a boxer. He also studied at a small college in Texas called Wiley College. Um, I believe spent some time in the armed forces during the Second World War. But by the mid-1940s, had relocated to New York City as a professional trumpet player. By 1945, in New York City, the most important jazz trumpet players or bebop trumpet players were people like, of course, Dizzy Gillespie, who cast an enormous shadow, Howie McGee, Fats Navarro, Freddie Webster, also Miles Davis was just beginning to come into his own, and a very young Kenny Dorham was also in New York. At that time, to be a trumpet player in in the new style, you you were going to mimic Howie McGee and even more so Dizzy Gillespie. So Kenny's early recordings, he sounds very much like Dizzy Gillespie and to a certain extent Fats Navarro. Before we listen to Kenny Dorham, we're going to have to go back and listen to a recording of Dizzy Gillespie, one of Dizzy's most famous records, so you can hear the similarity between Dizzy and the younger Kenny Dorm. Let's start with Dizzy Gillespie's recording of Salt Peanuts. Let's just check out Dizzy's playing and then we'll quickly move over to Kenny. So that's Dizzy Gillespie at the height of his career, the mid-late 1940s, on his famous recording of Salt Peanuts. You can hear the fire in his playing, amazing technique, the range all over the horn, and of course the technical prowess, that that little triplet, I can't even sing that triplet figure, and he plays it effortlessly. That was the standard of which all jazz trumpet players in that period were judged. Of course, and that's a, a tremendous standard to try to you know match yourself up to. So let's check out this recording from 1946. This is one of Kenny Dorham's first recordings. It's made with Kenny Clark and the 52nd Street Boys. It also features Fats Navarro on the same record. So this is going to be really cool. We're going to start with Kenny's solo, and then you'll hear Fats play. And then there is quite a difference between the two players, and there are also many similarities. This is called Rue Chaptal, which actually translates as Royal Roost.
On that recording, he is still living in the shadow of Dizzy Gillespie and partly Fats Navarro. You can tell that Fats's approach is much more smoother and a little more melodic. Kenny is still trying to sound very much like Dizzy, but within a few years, Kenny Dorm is going to develop that trademark sound that with that slight vibrato and that certain uh, tartness to his sound, and of course the way he bends notes and the way he articulates his notes, which became his trademark in the in the late 40s and early 50s. He's not there yet. Again, he's still very much like Dizzy Gillespie. We're going to check out another recording from 1946 made by Fats Navarro and Gil Fuller's Modernists. Gil Fuller was a very famous and important arranger in the late 1940s and early 50s. Again, this features both Kenny Dorm and Fats Navarro, but this time we're just going to listen to Kenny Dorm's solo. The name of the track is called Everything's Cool. Kenny was groomed to replace Fats Navarro in Dizzy's band, also in Billy Eckstein's band. So I believe there was a lot of great mentoring going on between the younger Kenny Dorham and uh, Fats Navarro, who was only a year older, but had had a lot of experience, and of course, Dizzy Gillespie. So I I believe that these musicians at this time were very, very supportive and helpful to each other. They were looking out for each other's musical backs. At the same time, in the mid-1940s, Kenny was writing uh, original compositions and was doing quite a bit of arranging. Um, After he moved to New York City in the mid-40s, he took classes at one of the local colleges in music theory and arranging, and was arranging for um, the Harry James Band, Jimmy Dorsey, Shorty Chirac, and a number of other very well-known big bands at this time. He was also ghostwriting for Gil Fuller, and what that means is Gil Fuller was one of the busiest arrangers in New York in the mid-1940s, writing for a lot of big bands. And what arrangers would do is they would take assignments and realize they didn't have enough time to do all the writing. What they would do is they would just farm out the work to other composers and arrangers. We call that ghostwriting. So Kenny was doing a lot of writing and arranging. Of course, later on in his career, it's going to become very apparent that he's a very, very gifted arranger, even in a small group setting. The next track we're going to listen to is from 1947 from Art Blakey and his Jazz Messengers. Kenny and Art performed extensively in the mid-40s and in the early 50s when Art Blakey reformed his Jazz Messengers as a small group. And it's interesting that after Kenny Dorham left the Jazz Messengers in the mid-50s, Kenny formed his own group and he called it the Jazz Prophets. But let's go back to 1947. This is a real Really cool recording. It's called Bop Alley, made in 1947, and I believe this is one of his first really great solos where he begins to sound like Kenny Dorm and starts to move out of the shadow of Fats Navarro and Dizzy Gillespie, and it also shows great harmonic sophistication. In 
1949 and 1950, Kenny Durham spent a good deal of time performing, touring, and recording with the great Charlie Parker. Parker had a number of fantastic trumpet players in his group, starting with his collaboration with Dizzy Gillespie and then Miles Davis and Fats Navarro and Red Rodney and a whole group of other musicians. And of course, Kenny Dorm is in that lineage of musicians that perform with Charlie Parker in the late 40s and early 1950s. This track is from 1949 and it's called Visa. At this time, he's still sounding very much like Dizzy Gillespie. One of the interesting things about Kenny's solos is that they stand on their own as great melodies. He was one of the most melodic players. He possessed great technique, a very unique sound, and good range, as uh, many of the trumpet players in that era did. But his solos are so melodic, and again, they stand alone almost as great melodies themselves. 1949, Visa with Charlie Parker. In 1949, he made a recording with J.J. Johnson and his Beboppers. Now, remember, 1949 is a year that Miles Davis recorded a number of records that eventually became known as Birth of the Cool. Tad Damron also recorded like a nine or ten piece group um, in very much the same style. And J.J. Johnson did perform with both Tad Damron and Miles Davis and was also a very good composer. So this is his take on what I guess later would go on to become known as cool jazz um, with a larger than usual group with a very highly arranged piece of music. So this is J.J. Johnson's Beboppers. This is recording from 1949. The track is called Elysee and it features Kenny Dorham on trumpet, of course J.J. Johnson on trombone and Sonny Rollins. It's an all-star group but it sounds very much in the vein of the birth of the cool recordings from that same period. Kenny Dorham plays a magnificent solo, makes all the chord changes. Again, it shows incredible harmonic sophistication, but it's one of the first recordings when he really starts to sound like himself and not Fats Navarro and Dizzy Gillespie. And you start to hear the way he bends certain notes, what became his trademark, that tart sound, and of course, the way he articulated his notes, another way he plays his notes in kind of a very staccato manner that was kind of unusual, separated him from other trumpet players from the same era. And these were all very important trademarks that would, would become important trademarks of his playing and help you to identify him very easily. 1949, Elysee with J.J. Johnson and his Beboppers. In 
June of 1950, he was performing with Charlie Parker at a club called Cafe Society. There is a, an album that was released of uh, many of those performances. Um, of course, it's, it's a live performance from the again, early 50s, so the fidelity is not great, but you can still hear some magnificent playing, both from Charlie Parker and from Kenny Dorham. So on this particular track we're going to listen to, it's called April in Paris, one of the great ballads of all time written by Vernon Duke. Charlie Parker plays a magnificent solo on it, but let's check out Kenny's solo on it. Again, he plays very compositionally, and he tended to quote melodies from other songs at integral parts during his solo. It's very clever the way it's done. It can be kind of obnoxious if it's overdone or done the wrong way, but he does it in such a manner that it always adds so much to the solo and shows that he's really thinking compositionally about what he's playing. This is a magnificent solo. It's short, but it's on April in Paris, 1950, live at Cafe Society. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. You can visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com and facebook.com slash jazzinsights. Jazz Insights is a production of WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta.